Welcome to Monster the Monster Class, your TTRPG fix. I'm Eliodi. I'm Jared Bornigle. And I'm Will Melder. And on this episode, we are taking a look at the new 1D&D UA, specifically the Druid of it for this episode. Going through what they changed, what we like, what we don't like. There's a lot that we don't like. Um, and diving into it. Don't speak for me. You don't know my opinions yet. I know your opinion on this. <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone's opinion on this. So I guess as an enticement to stick around and listen, we always end up talking about what we would have liked to see instead in the direction that they hope they go as this is just a UA and not final. Um, before we dive into it all, a little personal update that will impact the show here. Um, we'll be taking a some amount of time off, probably a few weeks, not sure, expecting a baby in like seven days. My partner's to be induced at like seven days if she doesn't go into labor on her own. So... No podcast for a little bit. I don't know exactly how long. Last time we got up and running again real quick, but now it's a newborn with a toddler. We'll see. Yeah, and you don't want me editing. It won't work. No. It'll be very bad. <laughs> You're not supposed to say no to that. I'm allowed to be self-deprecating. You can't say, no, we don't want Jared editing. Did you know how? Nope. There we go. <laughs> no, the insulting thing would say, you don't want a show of just Jared and Will without me. That would be awful. That's the insult. People would love that show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Anyways. All right, new Jiru changes. So we're going to run through them all, kind of talk about piece by piece and just in general what we like, don't like about the design changes. Um, In terms of proficiencies and starting things, nothing all that different. They did get rid of the, the metal armor restriction which is just great i mean it's i know it seems like a minor thing and most people just ignore it but it's always like a point of contention about oh can they can't they should you ignore it is that this weird holdover and it's i really like that it's just gone their armor training is light armor in shields that's the end of it man we're gonna have to go through and do all the multi-classes again because that was such a big point (laughs) of contention (laughs) right it's also worth noting that with that abandonment they did get rid of medium armor so yes. you are now going to, you oh. can't just do plus two on your decks if you want IAC. I forgot that they had medium armor proficiency. Yeah, everybody does because you were stuck with like hide or whatever. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, and then the um, first big thing here, really big change right away at first level they get is channel nature, which is really similar to channel divinity in the direction they're going. They seem to just be swapping out the word divinity for nature and thinking it's a new feature. Um, the magic of nature infuses you. Tapping into the power, you could create various magical effects. So you start with one. Um, you could use this twice. You regain one expended use when you finish a short rest and regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So that's definitely a bit of a tweak. Um, I do like the kind of gradiated um, of how it comes back in terms of short versus long rest. So it's not like you get them all back on a short or you have to like... Yeah, because that's how it is right now. Right now, it's you have two uses, and they all come back on a short rest, and it really makes it almost too easy for a druid to spam them. Isn't it long rest? No, it's on a yeah, short rest. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, it, it's it's not really been an issue in our game. We've had a druid in uh, for our main campaign for like three years now, either between mm-hmm. Will's character or new uh, different players' character. So... I've never felt like it's been spammed, um, but, you know, the the potential was there. This kind of limits it a little bit more. And I also like they, they specifically put on here that they're going away from making it a proficiency bonus thing because that was too abusable by multiclassing. And I fully agree with that. Right. Yeah. And the this changes that there is a note somewhere in here I saw about um, how this will apply to channel divinity as well for the clerics. And yeah. Yeah, in terms of channel nature, so every druid starts with one wild shape, and then there's class subclasses give them a different one. Is the idea, or some will come online later. And wild shape is wildly different, in in my opinion, the worst possible way. Yes, I did that. Wild shape is wildly different. Um, so as an action, you transform into a form you have learned from this feature. So you start knowing one form, animal to land. So right away, no longer can you just like pick an animal and morph into it and kind of assume some of their stats. It's went the route of summonings. I like the change for summons for like Beastmaster and the summon spells where it's like, here's a stat block. That's what you summon with some customization because it's it's a summon and it can get really messy to constantly switch them in and out. 
I really feel like a druid needs to be able to just change into the animal that they want to change into. So I agree and disagree. Um, this actually, in my opinion, opens up the, the door from a flavor perspective to being able to change into the animal you want to be. Whereas previous wild shape really pigeonholed you into choosing the strongest creature for combat if you were in combat. So from a, from a in combat perspective, I think that these changes are actually, in my opinion, welcomed. I, I like the fact that you don't have to be a brown bear every single time because that was the best option. Now, if a wolf is more fitting, then it makes sense. If a, I don't know, badger is more fitting, you know, you're still getting the same mechanical benefits. Now, where I think I'm definitely in agreement is out of combat, you're now losing all of that versatility, like, hey, we need to dig a hole. Well, I'm going to turn into uh, a badger or, you know, we need a horse in this moment. Great horses have high speed, so it's going to be beneficial or somebody can you know, ride the druid in that case like all of those uh parts that that made the wild shape fun out of combat no longer have a place and and that i think is what i'm disappointed in yeah that's definitely where my mind was when saying i feel like that's really lacking of how they should change i get what you're saying of combat um on this other hand though i mean i think it was such a common thing of just reskinning if you had a druid where you wanted to turn into something unique as like that's your kind of go-to thing but there wasn't a stat block for it just like then you take the stat block of the bear and but you look like you know x whatever whatever that may be i don't know how common that was to be honest i i you don't think i, I yeah i don't want to extrapolate and I, I would rather the rules fit what people are actually doing if that is the case than to tell people, hey, you also need the monster manual and you need to find all of these creatures and you need to have these 20 different stat blocks at your at your fingertips in order to uh, get the thing that's the best situation. Or again, just kind of reflavor one every single time. Like it's, I don't know, it, it feels better to me just being, this is the stat block and this is, you know, just the, the one thing you have to memorize. Or I guess three in this case, because there's land, air, and sky, but that's right. separate land sea and sky but um <clears throat> sure yeah <laughs> i get what you're saying it's definitely more approachable for new players um but it could also just like it kind of makes no matter what cool thing you skin your animal to land into to be in combat and it's always the same yeah if you're a wolf if you're a raptor if you're a bear if you're a panther and going into combat they always act and attack exactly the same and i i think that I, I think that's not fun. I, I don't like that. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I, I would almost like to see some sort of like, um, like depending on the type of like the category of creature you choose between that, like one more level of of specification, you know. So if you go into a an elephant, so that would be considered a. I don't know, a trampling monster of sorts. So here's a trample ability. Or you want to go as a panther, okay, here's a pounce ability, which we've seen in beasts. I mean, they they all kind of follow that mentality. So it'd be mm -hmm. one more layer of, of specification, but I think it would then differentiate in a way that would make it feel different, but everything else is balanced. You know, so your bestial strikes are all the same, but hey, now the wolf has... I don't know, maybe pack tactics is even too strong, but it has that uh, that pounce ability. I, I think they even have that where it's like once you attack, if it hits, they make a strength saving throw. If they fail, they're now knocked prone. You know, you mm -hmm. do the same thing with trample where I think it's they knock prone, but you get an additional attack afterwards if that succeeds. Um, so little things like that to just tweak it ever so slightly more, I, I think would be the, the right balance here. Yeah, I could definitely see that working well. Um, a bit of extra design up front, but... You know, whatever. <laughs> what are we paying for? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Yes. <laughs> All right. It gets worse though. Um, well, in its form, it's well in a form. It's game statistics replace yours, and your ability to handle objects is determined by its form's limbs rather than your own. You retain your personality, memories, abilities to speak, and what and wild shape, which is all the same. But then you lose access to all of your other features, such as the ability to cast spells. So. You couldn't cast spells before previously, but you still had access to all the other features. 
and they just completely stripped it out. You just become what the stat block is. And in this case, even like Animal the Land, Strength Index equal to your Wisdom score, Con Ints, Wisdom Charisma, use your current scores. So you don't even get the benefit of like being able to take on a certain higher stat that you may need for a certain situation to try and like have something work better out of combat. And then there's just, I, with Druid and multi-classing in wild shape, one of the really popular things I, I know we talk about a ton on the show and I see it all the time. The community discussions is such a, it's so fun to look for combinations of cool things you could do while wild shaped. And they just stripped it out. It's just, it's not there. It's just like, no, you can't do any of it. And you can no longer flurry of blows as a bear, or you can no longer smite as an eagle or anything. There's always been just cool combinations. And I understand it's probably easier to balance, but at the same time, I can't think of a single broken one anyone found that already exists. No, those were never really the the issues with multi-classing no. because it, it you know, Druid's wisdom-based, so it generally involved going into a class that wasn't wisdom-based for anything interesting, so it balanced out. Um, now, I actually like the fact that your strength and dex are equal to your wisdom score. I mean, like, that that aspect of just the, the scores not being changed, I think is okay, and I think most of the time it's actually going to work out in your favor because once you're a high-level Druid, now your strength and dex are going to equal... 20 every single time and that actually is pretty darn good um that will most likely work out in your favor compared to wild shaping into you know a bear that i don't even know what their their strength is but i don't think it's 20 maybe you only lose out when it's higher than 20 um so something like a, and i'm just guessing because we had one the other day but like an elephant um looking up right now their strength is 22 so, all right, you're probably, you're really not going to be able to get that until super high levels when That's you can it. get What's over the challenge 20. challenge rating at that? Um, Elephant is, it's actually pretty high. Uh, four. Okay. So you so, could eventually, but. Right. But, you know, I think for the most part, uh, your strength index is going to end up higher than what you would if you just took the animal statistics. Uh, the thing that you didn't mention, though, that is absolutely killer is you don't get the HP of that creature anymore. You continue yes. to use your hit points and hit yeah. dice. That is the other really, really big change. One of the big benefits of the current Wild Shape in 5th edition of Druid is you take the hit points of that creature, and it basically acts as a buffer. So let's say you have one HP left and you wild shape into a bear, you get the bear's full max HP. And once that goes back down to zero, then you go back to being a druid of one HP. They got rid of all that. Um, again, it reads a little simpler, I guess, but I wouldn't say, I guess I would say it reads so much simpler. It's ridiculous, but <laughs> at a cost. Yeah. Of viability of it, of the tankiness of it. Like Which... I understand there's, it's a weird. It was always a weird design decision, and everybody has been complaining about this since 2014. It's that moon druids were the tankiest thing in the game, which is to a point. No, they, they not had really. They, no, really, yes, really. They had <laughs> because it was so linear of how the challenge rating went up, of like what sort of level of beast you could transform into. They had these weird peaks and valleys where at certain levels they were really, really strong. I think at like level two, it worked out like the Moon Druid or like the strongest thing in the game, both in tankiness and in attacking and, and for melee at least. Um, but then they fall off and then they have a, they get to, they cross the threshold if they could turn into another cha higher challenge rating beast and it pops back up and goes down. Um, and I agree that's a problem that needed to be addressed, but I don't like how they just got rid of it altogether. They needed to do something else add a more gradual increase to what you could change into some sort of limit on how much health you have i mean the, I, I the sport had it things. baked in you're you That's get temporary hp five times your druid level and that i'm whether or not we want the the you to drop afterwards i think is the question uh because obviously as the the spore druid you lose your wild shape if you get out of that temp hp which honestly doesn't feel good in my opinion and i it's kind of my least favorite part of the spore druid and this obviously has no intention of you losing your wild shape if you go to to low hp or something so if we wanted to keep some of that tankiness and and some of it 
feels like it should be kept, right? Because you are going from a spellcaster with a D8 to your hit die, probably not a ton of focus into the constitution, sure as heck not as much as a barbarian. And then with animal of the land at the bare minimum, you're going into the front line. So you are going to be taking hits. Your armor class isn't going up so high that it justifies you using a spellcaster's HP. So right. I think you do need something, and I, I think it's already there. We've already got the solution. Five times your druid level, it scales very well. It's going to give you some additional temp HP. Already has rules to make sure it's not being stacked and abused. So just go with that. And maybe five's even too much. Make it four, whatever. But that, I think, is the, the right direction. Yeah, I, I like that idea a lot because it is a really good point of how you're just going to get destroyed. Yeah, you you have the same level of tankiness basically you did as a full spellcaster, but now you're up in melee, which doesn't work out because I can't really think of any beast that has high AC. Well, no, I mean, yours is low. 10 plus your wisdom modifier. It's right there. Okay, no, so I was saying like any just like actual beast. But... Gotcha, yes. Okay, so maximum of 15. <laughs> this yes. actually makes it worse. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's the issue. The issue is that you didn't lose some of your tankiness. You lost all of your tankiness completely and are actually probably worse off when you're in the beast form. So you run into melee. You are your druid with probably a lower AC. And the only (laughs) thing you get, the only thing you get is uh, speed. Speed, yeah. And and damage (laughs) is equivalent to a cantrip. Yeah. Yeah, the beast will strike. You're... Spell attack modifier to hit, reach of five feet on a hit. You do one eight plus your wisdom modifier, bludgeon, piercing, slashing, whatever's appropriate. After 50, you get multi-attacking, you can do that twice. So 2d8 plus your wisdom. So yeah, one d8 plus your wisdom to hit. And that's it. There's no other special thing that happens. No no like opportunity to add on special effects or riders or anything cool. Like the turn into a snake and constricting or the wolf's like yeah, um, pounce and um, knocking things prone. Everything we were just talking about. You know what I miss? This this mm-hmm. actually never came up, but I really wanted to do it. Was the wolf spider has the ability if you drop him zero to paralyze and stun people, so you can like capture people. Oh. Gone, gone. Yeah, that is actually yeah. All really that cool. cool stuff gone. There's just so many cool things in there. Just gone, 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 gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So definitely not the the biggest fan i think there's there's definitely some correct direction but there's there's too much lost this was an overcorrection. i agree the nice thing though and i say this being the nicest nicest fella about all these things (laughs) is that these can actually be pretty easily fixed because these little stat blocks that they're shoving in everywhere. I think the change there fixes almost everything at at a conceptual level. I think this is a good direction. The original uh, bullet pointed list was always a nightmare. Uh, The interview with Jeremy Crawford, he made it clear like the Druid is the least played class in the game. And I almost certainly am blaming that for it. And we have gone on record saying we love new ways to use wild shape. I'm glad that they turned it into channel nature, even if that is a bit on the nose. Uh, <laughs> it's just being an animal was always kind of annoying and it was go- either going to flip one way or the other. And I, this, this did not land where it needed to, but I like the direction. Sure. Um, one more thing that I got rid of is if you notice size category, you can pick your size when you switch to animal to land and a small, medium or large, there's no tiny that was a huge benefit of having a druid. You could turn into a tiny beast to get into small areas and to scout. And there, there was just tons of utility with that. They put it in as an ability now at 11th. You could choose tiny. Yeah, I have seen a lot of discourse about this since this released. The The one big one being that, you know, hey, rogues should be better at sneaking than druids. And, you know, the obviously the, the joke of, like uh, DMs don't care about birds until the druid uh, wild shapes into a bird. Then every guard's like, kill that bird. Um, But I actually am okay with this because of the wild companion ability at second level. Um, So when we get to that, I think we can talk more about it, but um, sure. 
I don't think that losing the ability to turn into a tiny creature is as big of a deal as people are initially making it. Um, but yeah, let's, I guess maybe that's just a good segue into nature's aid. The sure. second level ability. Yeah, sure. We could just jump right into that. Um, circle back to spell casting. Is there so, any change? Yeah. Hmm? Is there any change to spell casting? Well, how you prepare. Um, it's the same as the previous UAs where you, you prepare based on your spell slots. As opposed to your druid level plus your wisdom modifier. Okay, that's all. We, but I think we talked about think, that. In, yeah, one, we talked about that in previous uses. I'm going to say the cleric probably. one, and then do the finger thing. Sure. There we go. <laughs> go check that one out. <laughs> all right. So nature's aid. You get a second level. It's two more ways to use your channel nature. Um, you get healing blossoms and wild companion. So healing blossoms as a magic action you channel healing energy that appears as blossoming flower so you choose a point within 30 feet a spectral flower appears for a moment of a, within a 10 foot radius centered on that point you roll a number of d4s equal to your wisdom modifier and add the dice together the total is the number of hit points you can distribute to creatures in that sphere you decide the number of hit points that are restored to each of those creatures reducing healing from the total i i like the design of it um it's just it's not a lot of healing. Yeah. And, and most it's 5d4. Like at higher levels, that's not much at all for using one of your uh, channel natures. Right. Yeah. I mean, is... I guess I, I just see this being a, a good reason not to need to prepare uh healing word because it takes the place of it. It's a ranged thing. You can obviously do more healing than healing word. Um, it, it's an AOE, so it can be potentially a couple of people. Um, it's definitely a good get out of jail free type deal here. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, with, with the change to wild shape, I don't know if it's going to be everyone's first go to. So this at least gives something for the classes that get no benefit from wild shape. Cause I mean, we look at circle of the land in its current state and that druid can go the entire campaign without wild shaping in combat. There's really right. little yeah. reason for them to. So anything is a boost at this time. That's true. Yeah. Let's also take a trip just briefly to imaginary land where I imagine things. And Isn't that where we always are, Will? Yes. It's all in your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine, which we, which we do not know, what the circle of the land looks like. Yes. We can only pray that it doesn't look like what it does now because it's worthless. Yeah. So imagine circle of the land, like circle of the moon, boosts a certain aspect of your channel nature. Maybe circle of the land seriously impacts healing blooms. Maybe more of these classes are going to take healing blooms every flavor. I think this is a good substrate to grow your druid subclasses into it could be neat if there was like a, a healing wither and bloom you know that that current yeah. spell that you kind of heal as well as damage It'd be great for the spore druid not that that the would spore be druid really needs it but yeah <laughs> not that we're going to see the spore druid for another seven years but uh, yeah right. <laughs> all right and then also part of nature's eight a second level you get wild companion so now that you save your channel nature you can Summon a nature spirit that assumes an animal form to aid you. As a magic action, you can spend one use of your channel nature and cast find familiar spell without material components. When you cast the spell in this way, the familiar is a fey and it disappears when you finish a long rest. So kind of a free find familiar for the day. It's interesting trade-offs because find familiar costs 10 gold and it's an hour to cast. Um, but then it's just there until it dies. Basically, you don't have to keep recasting it. This version is an action with no material cost, but then it only lasts for the day until you finish the long rest. Yeah, and so this is where it's, I was getting at where we're losing the whole tiny thing is totally replaced by getting Find Familiar. You don't really need to have the druid turn into a rat and go into the the dungeon a couple rooms ahead when you can send a familiar instead and see through that familiar's eyes and speak telepathically with the familiar um so honestly it's a it's a bad move to send your druid when you can send your familiar because when the the cat in in the castle finds the mouse and attacks it for one damage then the druid's in the worst place possible compared to the mm -hmm. familiar that just poofs out so 
I, I get people's initial reaction of like, well, it doesn't make sense. You can't turn into a tiny creature. But my question is, why do you want to when there's a better option? Oh, it depends what you're doing. If I were trying to do a scout and come back, sure. You find familiar. It's This takes up the same resource of nature's aid or whatever. Channel nature. Channel nature. Slot. Yeah. yeah. Channel nature slot. Okay, that's the same. Then you have a familiar for the day as opposed to just like, you know, an hour or half your druid level of being wild shaped. Sure. Um, but if it's more like the druids trying to get somewhere to do something, activate a device, open a door from the other side, steal something and come back, it does get rid of all of those options. I, I think it, just keep both. Let you still be a tiny wild shaped animal and also give them this free Find familiar because having a free find familiar like this is really fitting for a druid. It makes a ton of sense. This yeah, is I, also from Tasha's. Just it was, yeah. Sorry, that that should be mentioned. This this was oh, yeah. basically already added. They did make some changes to find familiar that we'll get to in a second. But uh, but on that point though, I mean, I don't mind druids losing that that ability to squeeze through a small area and do you know like I don't know steal something, bring it back, like all that stuff. I just. I genuinely don't feel like those situations come up enough that it's some major loss to the class. Because even if they do, I don't know, go through and they need to to steal a a key or something, your familiar can still do that. There's no reason that they couldn't. If they're small enough to bring it back, then I think it all still works more or less the same. It depends. I, I was kind of more thinking the druid sneaks in being tiny wherever they need to go and ends wild shape. And then do what they need to do. But then they're by themselves. Or they can push things. And then leave. Yeah. Sure. I guess my my point comes back to it's such an infrequent thing where that that scenario works out that it just doesn't feel like we're we're losing that much from not letting the druid turn into a tiny creature. I think it's infrequent because we don't let it be frequent because it's obnoxious. And they recognize (laughs) that it was obnoxious. And this is not an oversight. As we said, this is now an 11th level ability with severe limitations. They recognize that people like doing this, but they also recognize that it did cause issues. So I I get why people might be upset, but I do kind of lean towards that they probably called this one right based off of what people were experiencing at various tables. I, I guess I would say it's really table dependent on if it could come up a lot and if it's annoying or not. I don't know. Like you're saying, like oh, the, the argument oh, it steps on rogues and shouldn't be sneaky and stuff like that. It's like there's a lot of other ways to be sneaky. You could have two people show up at a table with being a rogue, and then they're stepping on each other's toes. Like I don't think we needed to write it out of here. I think if they're um, stepping on each other's toes, they're very bad rogues. Right. <laughs> they should they should be stepping around each other. That's kind of the first rule of sneaking. But whatever. <laughs> and a rogue can sneak without having to use any resources. The druid doing all this stuff has to use a limited resource of channel nature, which they are getting a bunch of cool other uses for as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll We can leave it to community to to go more. I don't want to stay forever on it. We'll, we're right. okay to be divided. What I did want to say regarding the find familiar uh, spell, they did make some changes to it. Uh, just in, in quick summation, I think the, the big one is one, you get a stat block, same thing as the druid, instead of a um, uh, a specific animal, you just kind of choose what it looks like and then do the rest with the, the stat block. Uh, the thing around the scouting, though, is there's no longer that 100-foot limit to speak with them telepathically. Um, you just are using your action to see through, see and hear what it hears until the end of your next turn. Whereas before, I believe it was you either see or you hear um, so that's a, a pretty big buff in terms of the, the scouting aspect. Um, and I mm-hmm. guess it might be worth going through the, the stat block at least quickly, um, from the perspective of, you know, when you, when you do just use the channel nature, uh, you get really low armor class. It's 10 plus two, if it's land plus one per spell level, which in this case would just be one. So it gets 13 AC. It gets four HP. If you are upcasting that, it goes up by two every level, which is really not a lot. It's funny to think of a ninth level familiar having 20 HP, but not really what it's used for. Um, And the other interesting thing is it now has this extra dimensional escape. 
So when the familiar would drop to zero HP, it instead drops to one HP, vanishes to an extra dimensional space, leaving behind anything it was wearing or carrying, remains there for an hour or until you summon it as a magic action and then it reappears in your space. Um, so familiars do get a pretty big buff in terms of survivability um, mm -hmm. and, and become more expendable as scouts as they are now harder to just outright kill by a single attack. Sure. I know, definitely with my um, last campaign we played at an arcane trickster with a familiar, I found that annoying. Like, I, I used the familiar a lot to get sneak attack and advantage on things, but then the familiar would die and I had to spend an hour and 10 gold to resummon and make sure I had the components. Right, this now basically so, gives you, since yeah. it's, it's really only going to survive one hit anyways, now it survives two hits, but it's probably only once per combat. Right. So yeah, I think that's, it back. yeah, it's actually honestly like a really good in-between, because um, I, I cared less about, you know, making you spend 10 gold in an hour a lot of times that was the annoying part uh but the the benefit was you still only could use it one combat where it gets hit and hey bye bye it's gone right so i don't know just a, a lot of changes to that to allow for um just better scouting uh more willingness to use it in combat even just for a single uh a single thing you know single action um so that's and more things to consider when when thinking of it as a, a class feature for the druid. Sure. I see all that. Oh, we did miss okay. a first level feature. Druidic. Oh, druidic. It's exactly the same, isn't it? Was that even a thing? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been doing a podcast on D&D? I did not know druidic was a feature of the druid. Yeah, you can speak the language and use it to leave hidden messages. You know, you and others who know this language automatically spot a message. Others spot the message presence with a DC 50 perception check, but can't decipher without magic. It's as far as I can tell, it's exactly the same. Okay, it is. Yep, it's yep. Only so, only now it takes an investigation check to find it, and then it can't be deciphered. Oh, yeah. Okay. But don't worry, it'll never come up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. All right, Ellie, yeah. I'll let you. Take it back. Okay, so next big thing they get is that fifth. A uh, third is a, you, you pick a Druid subclass and get that initial feature. Fourth is feet and ability score is same. And then at fifth, they get Might of the Land and their um, Animal of the Land upgrades. They get the form's Climb Speed, which is a 40-foot Climb Speed, which is nice. And then Multi-Attack, so just a bit of a boost. Um, the next few level are all boosts to Wild Shape. That's kind of like the main core here. And I will cover it in detail, but there's definitely a theme of its behind what fifth edition's druids boosts are they're they're just in general behind for for instance with like b shape so the fifth edition wild shape right away once you get wild shape you could climb there's no limit on being able to take a climb speed and then at fourth level is when you can take a swim speed and that comes online at seventh and then at eighth level a fly speed and that comes online a lot later ninth okay that's actually not super later but it's a little behind and then challenge ratings go up a little faster like at 40 and then do the challenge rating one half versus just the at fifth where you kind of get that boost it's it's a little behind it, it seems kind of like a bit of a small arbitrary change and why they would do that pacing difference i don't really get it i i don't know if i get it so much as i agree with it <laughs> um it it's Feels okay. I mean, the swim speed coming on later is a little bit weird, but it really, they just needed to to line it up better and take it out of this weird grid that they have that you have to to read to figure it out and puts it into the, the class features in a more uh, natural way. Uh, really, the yes, only yes. big change in this case is moving the aquatic or the, the swim speed from fourth level to, to seventh level. That's And that's gaining climbing. Behind fifth, you yeah, in fifth right. edition, you could just when you take wild shape at second level, you could pick some of that climbs right away, and that has a lot of utility. Now you have to wait till fifth. Yeah, yeah, this it's just weird. It it does. Um, yeah, but it's it doesn't seem class breaking to me or anything. Um, I do also like though that you know you're not capped any longer at eighth level because um, that you know usually it'd be at eighth level you got your one cr1 creatures and then that was it now with the stat block you continue to improve 
uh, from, you know, your wisdom score going up. Uh, that's really the main thing that improves, but there's a couple other ways that wild shape just gets better for the class throughout the, the rest of the, the class. Okay, so yeah, might have land climb speed on the multi attack, so now you're doing two d eight plus your wisdom. So it just it kind of lines up with getting extra attack, I guess, yeah. of other other classes, but it doesn't do anything to buff your survivability in AC or anything like that. Seventh is one aquatic form unlocks, which is basically animal to land, but now it's animal to sea, and you have a swim speed of forty feet and can breathe air and water, and you do less damage. One d six plus your wisdom. Um, that's really the only difference. Yeah, I assume hit points is yep. Yep, exact same. <laughs> yep, um, eighth another feet, ninth aerial form now. So like I said, it just continues unlocking the stuff when that's the flying version of animal of the land, though your AC is actually lower because it's eight plus your wisdom, um, fly speed of 40, and even less damage of 1d4. But you get flyby. That's true. So Fly-by I'm actually school. happy with that change. <laughs> you you <laughs> said that very disappointedly. Like, oh, your damage is less. I'm like, your damage is less. Hooray! <laughs> A balance to you being able to fly and obviously fly by also is is pretty great of not provoking opportunity attacks when you fly out of an enemy's reach. Um, This is not the damage choice. This is the I'm holding on to a spell choice. What do you mean? I'm not. Oh, I see. Okay. Concentrate on a spell. and Correct. Yes. Concentrating on a spell. Maybe you still want to swoop in and and do an attack, but you also need to get out of, of melee reach. So that way you're not making your concentration checks. Sure, yeah. Or just the Atacama utility of being able to fly. Obviously, there's benefit there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, tons tons of uses for that. All right, then at 11th, another change to Wild Shape. This is where you can turn into Tiny Critter. Um, But you can only do it for 10 minutes. And damage you deal is halved, but it's probably not something you would do to attack. So it's kind of, I think we talked about that in detail. I don't think we need to dive into those specifics. Um. 13th alternated form, so you can now rapidly shift between a wild shape form and your normal form. If you're in a wild shape form, you can switch to your normal form as a bonus action, and you can then switch back into the wild shape form within, within the next minute as a bonus action. Now, the switch expends the use of wild shape. Dope. Uh, yeah. I say, yeah, I, I'm kind of neutral on it, because um, it's later on. Like, it's neat. It's fine. It saves you a wild shape. Um, the situations, like we were talking about, previously about being able, I guess at this point you can turn into tiny so that's when it would come up of turn into tiny sneak in somewhere bonus action to switch back and then and so you're not expending two uses sure of your wild you're, shape. you're missing the big one though uh in combat in combat being able to cast a spell yeah yeah that's that's where it's really cool I mean you get sure you cast a spell you go wild shape you I don't know you fly around as an owl or whatnot trying to stay out but at some point it gets broken well your old option was to cast another spell use another wild shape now you can just keep switching between them as the situation warrants you know maybe you're you fly up somewhere high and you get a good vantage point and now you want to be able to stay up top and do uh what (laughs) what uh will you always said with your druid you want to control the battlefield from a from up high so that was always your thing you would always try and get as high as possible and then just stay up top and and that's it i'm doing my control spells i'm doing my damage spells if it warrants it and and that's a lot of how the druid kind of plays out and i see that being uh, really backed by this ability. Yeah, I, I misread it. I thought it was an action to switch back. Oh. At which point that would really start limiting it. But yeah. Okay. That is really cool. Pop out, cast a spell, go back in. Um, I like that. That's really thematic. And I, you just like kind of like picture it. It looks cool. Yes. Yeah. What concerns me is the uh, alternative uses that we so love of Wild Shape. I don't, this, this really makes a lot of sense with, uh, turning into a beast of some sort with the limitations that that entails. It does not make a lot of sense for spore druids or somebody who maybe summons a fire spirit. Mm-hmm. This, if you become a class that never uses wild shape, does this matter at all? We will see. We don't know what those subclasses look like. Yeah, that's a good point. Depending on what the other ones do, this almost might feel better as a moon druid, like a lower level moon druid class feature. That's a good point. So that's that's really hard to say without seeing more of the the subclasses and if they even continue to go that direction. I mean, this being the the thirteenth level thing might that might change things 
down the road. Maybe Spore Druid looks different because of something like this, where it no longer grants temp HP. Because why would it if this is the direction that they go? If they maintain that lack of tankiness, lack of getting temp HP, which is actually probably necessary to manage this, unless you just keep the temp HP regardless. I don't know. That's. I guess my point being is that there's a lot to extrapolate from that. Um, and I don't think we'll do so successfully right now, but it is something to keep an eye on. Yeah. And one thing about this, though, the alternating forms, it becomes almost completely obsolete for levels later at 17th when you still get beast spells at 17th. You can get spells in any wild shape form, one such form you can form, somatic and verbal, and you don't need to provide free material components. And it's like, okay, well, that kind of cool use of popping it out and casting the spell goes away. It's true. That, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, you take this out of here as 13th, put it as an earlier level Moon Druid feature. So you have it for a very long period of time which before it becomes kind of obsolete. Maybe at some point even upgrade it in some way so it still has its uses. Oh, it already is a thing in the Moon Druid. We're, we're already mm-hmm. forgetting. Uh, the and Swift Transformation. You can use your Wild Shape as a bonus action or magic action, but no more than once on a turn. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You can't go back and yeah. forth. That's just going in. Right, yes. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. That's what I get for trying to read and listen. <laughs> it's tough. And there's a lot here. That's sorry to keep it all in your head. Especially when you haven't like been playing it for eight years. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. 14th, another subclass feature. 15th, Wild Resurgence. When you use your wild shape, a primal magic radiates from you, allowing you to use healing blossoms as part of the same use of channel nature. Use of channel nature. Um that's neat, I guess. Wild shape and heal. But but again, as kind of pointed out, if you're a subclass where you're not wild shaping, here's another boost to it that may not matter. And come to think of it, the entire core druid is now focused on improving your wild shape. Yep. Yeah. That, was one that could be really, notes, really bad. <laughs> this, yeah. this whole thing seems to be focused on just the moon druid and expecting you to be wild shaping all the time. So I think it's it's really up to what, what Will said earlier. It This depends on what land druid looks like. This depends on what all of the other subclasses look like to determine if this is actually a good direction or not, because it's great for moon druid and it, it really did level out the playing field as we'll talk about when we get to moon druid. But for everything else, it, it could just be pointless. Right, and I definitely like the, as we've talked about previously, the introduction of druid subclasses that don't rely on wild shape, different uses for that. So it's not the druid is like the only thing the druid is, is the shape-shifting class, because I think there can definitely be a lot more there. There is in 5th edition, and this definitely does seem to start going to, it's like, no, they they just shape-shift, that's it. All right, um... 17th beast spells we already talked about. 18th arch druid. So whenever you roll initiative, you regain one. You see your channel nature. You also age less. Yeah, you age slower. Um, so it's a little different than the 20th capstone. If you have infinite uses of wild shape, this is definitely, I would say, more balanced. A moon druid who hits 20 with an infinite uses of wild shape is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it was pretty mostly hard because of moon druid that it was ridiculous. Otherwise, it was mm-hmm. just good and but now with not getting any hp from wild shaping it doesn't even matter to be yeah that's a fair point too yeah so it could have been unlimited and i wouldn't really have minded the only thing that you get is the 18th level druid who's just changes into an animal all the time just to be annoying but that's not really game breaking by any means Mm -hmm. and it's also just when you roll initiative so like you're not regaining it out of combat yeah but they they Really, I think the biggest nerf here is the aging. Because. Yes. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Timeless body was actually the same. For every 10 years that pass, your body only ages one year. Is that monks that just don't age anymore? That higher levels? Yeah, I think it is. Think. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. No nerf here. That's <laughs> still, still balanced. Uh huh. <laughs> so. The, the thought it just kind of popped in my head of I don't know how I feel about abilities that come back when you roll initiative that have out of combat utility to them. Um, I know it's common we're starting to see more, and there's similar things in Pathfinder like a once per encounter, but you have to be in combat to do them. But like all of those have, they're very clearly combat based things. This your channel nature. There's tons of out of combat use for it. 
but you regain it when you roll initiative, which is a very mechanical gamey thing. And it feels weird where out of combat, you you might spend them all and then you need another one for for whatever reason, for whatever you're doing. It's like, oh no, we have to get in a fight for me to be able to restore that. Punch me. What? Right? <laughs> Punch me. <laughs> I need my wild shape back. I can only do it if I get punched. And like, I know this is kind of an extreme thing and it's like, hopefully players want to do it, but it does definitely incentivize like trying to start and pick an easy fight with something that you know isn't going to tax your resources to trigger when you roll initiative. And there's already things like it as well in, in 5th edition. I just haven't. They're higher level stuff. Just remember, though, it's, that a short yeah. rest gets you one used to. Yeah. And also remember an the DM The DM require, is required for any, any initiative roll. If the DM says not rolling initiative, you don't roll initiative. That's right. the counter to the bag of rats. Here. Right, right. So you can't just throw out like, a, or be like, oh, there's a bird over there. We want to fight the bird. Can we roll initiative? Like, <laughs> no, you just kill the bird. No. <laughs> yeah, I think bunk. You sick fucks. <laughs> <laughs> you murdered it for no reason at all. <laughs> That's just a 20 minute lecture from the DM. That is really a, a feature of Dungeons and Dragons uh, in general, though, is just relying on the DM caveat to say, no, I'm shutting that down. I know it wasn't written well. That's not my problem. Sure. Because, yeah, I think like what druids at some point get like five key when they roll initiative if they have not. Monks, and, like, yeah. Oh, geez, monks, yeah. And then like sorcerers get metamagic points, which again, I'll yeah, just they're feel. capstones. Yeah. They're, they're the you can just keep going and going and going features for late game. Yeah, sure. I just don't know if I like how it's tied to initiative. I don't have like a better alternative uh, yeah, because that's, that's just how D and D works. Like, there's no other like clear trigger that's not like an hour long rest. So. I, I don't think it's as abusable as it feels. Just because if sure. you are level 18, you're really not getting into fights with. You're not getting into easy fights, and if you're in a point where you're able to just go and and find a quick little fight that's not going to tax you too much, that's not going to make it less bad than just taking an hour off, then there's other issues here and it's not with the rules. Sure. But anyways, that was a tangent. That's not unique to this. Like, so that already exists nope. in fifth edition published D and D. Um, all right. 19 to get another feat. And then 20 is the same as every other class we've seen so far. You get an epic boon. Um, they did change the, well, epic boon, yeah, so. yeah. But you get an ability score increase, which can be above 20, but not 30 and an epic boon. Yeah, which, which I don't cool. have much more to say around that beyond just that feels better. The Epic Boons did feel weak and not super exciting to get the 20th. This makes it a little more exciting. And most of the Epic Boons also are going to give a ability score increase too. So at 19th, you get an ASI or a feat. And then at 20th, you get just a, a pure ASI. You can't take a feat as well. I guess you're getting an Epic Boon feat. So either way, yeah. you're basically getting plus three um, to your stats somewhere. So I mm -hmm. like that. Definitely. Okay, so that's the core druid. Um, we kind of talked a lot as we went out. And did you have any general things you want to talk about before we jump to the subclass, the moon druid? Either of you? Not beyond what we've already said of, of this yeah. feels very tailored towards the moon druid. So we'll, I'm really curious what the other subclasses are going to look like. This this feels like a prototype. That's That's it. Yeah. Okay, so Circle of the Moon, the flavor is the same. It's a druid focused on combat, wild shape, and being better at, at that. And the moon. Um, yes, and the moon. Um, at third level, you get combat, wild shape. You have learned magical techniques that allow you to transform quickly into channel magical protection while transformed, giving you these benefits. Abjuration spells. While you're in a wild shape form, you could cast any spell you currently have prepared from the abjuration school, provided the spell doesn't require a material component. This... It's a lot of weird limitations. This isn't interesting at all. You yeah. know what you can cast? Cure wounds, healing word. And cure wounds absorb is abjuration elements. now? Oh, yeah, that actually is important. Yeah, yeah, those switch okay. from evocation to abjuration. Um, it's, it's, they can never settle on what healing should be. I think no. through all the additions, it always changes. Um, yeah, so there's there's three spells that I saw that were of like interest, and that's, yeah, the healing spells and then uh, absorb elements. So this doesn't really excite me. Uh, yeah. there may be multi-classing opportunity <laughs> with like a, a wizard that has abjuration, more abjuration spells. But in general, the abjuration school is 
just not too not too much sure um do druids get shield now that's not one that would that is not on the primal no. list now okay but yeah. it would be if you multiclassed into wizard and then there's nothing right. that says that you only get uh your your druid or your primal or magic abjuration yeah okay all right um the get quick attack you could use unarmed strike as a bonus action um and then swift transformation you could use a wild shape as a bonus action or a magic action but no more than once per turn so that's something you could use a bonus action instead of a whole action to switch, which is nice and very necessary, I feel. So it's like your first round of combat isn't just your whole action, as we always talk about how much we hate that. The quick attack, so right away, basically, you get a secondary attack, which is a nice boost to damage. I didn't um, understand this one, um, just because it says you, strike. Can, you can use unarmed strike as a bonus action. So what does that entail? Should that be your That is something strike? now specifically in the rules. Let's find it. <laughs> The damage is the same, but this is uh, something you can now prone enemies and grapple with this. Okay, that actually is interesting because that's saying... Or you can do one plus your whiz. Sure. So this is saying that if you want to try and knock someone prone with your bonus action, you can then do your your other bestial strikes, which is kind of like what you were talking about, Ellie, of what we're Mm -hmm. losing with Wild Shape. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so unarmed strike now, and it's officially down in the rules glossary, and it's this was... For previous UAs as well, it's like an, an action you could take. I do an unarmed strike, and now that's saying they could do it as a as a bonus action. So it's a melee attack that involves using your body to damage, grapple, or shove a target within five feet. Um, when you do it, you could choose the damage of hit equals your strength modifier plus your proficiency bonus. Um, I'm sorry, your bonus to hit equals strength plus your proficiency bonus on a hit equals one plus strength modifier. So not a ton of damage or as well as saying this is now where grapple and shove are instead of replacing an attack, you now do an unarmed strike. And then, you which is okay. Grapple or shove. This yeah. is like, we said, you know, we lost the wolf stuff. This is kind of, I want this to be the fattest list of ridiculous, cool stuff that you can add to your druid wild shape. I want like poisons. I want burrow speeds. I want weird stuff. This should not be three bullet points. This should be a delicious buffet of things you can shape your wild shape with. I I agree. Don't think you're going to get that from Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know a game that might give you that. (laughs) Check out our last episode, the Pathfinder one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. If you're looking for delicious buffets, those are those are that way. If you're looking for the diner experience where you know exactly what you're going to get every single time, you're in the right place. Okay, so you're getting pancakes. Okay, and you can get whipped cream if you're good. That said, I do think this is a much simpler way to to handle those types of things, and I wouldn't mind seeing some other options. Um, it, 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 I, I didn't even realize, or I guess I didn't think much about the fact that Swift Transformation is still locked to the Circle of the Moon. Um, wild Shaping as an action felt okay before when it was giving you health. I don't think it feels okay as an action anymore, even for the core class. I agree. And yes, seeing if you like brought that out for me. Yeah, and then especially with the core class focusing so much on boosting wild shape, basically telegraphing, you should be wild shaping a lot. You're setting up a character to basically do nothing first round of combat. Yeah, that's like, not good. Or to no. try and do what what already is an issue of like, oh, can I wild shape early? Can I can I wild shape right now? Oh, I know combat hasn't started yet, but I'm, I'm going to wild shape just as like a preparation thing. And I know we're not really aggressive yet, but is it cool if I just turn into a panther real quick and then I'm going to use that to intimidate them? Yeah, that's why I'm doing it. Not because combat's coming. Okay, then at six, they get the elemental wild shape. Channeling ancient lunar magic, you imbue your wild shape forms of power from the elemental planes. Whenever you assume a wild shape form, choose one of the following damage types, acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder. Well, in the form, you have resistance to the damage type, and the form's bestial strike can deal damage of the type rather than its normal type, with you choosing between the types when you hit. Your form also displays, then it's just kind of static stuff, signs of the chosen damage. For example, if you choose fire, your fur and wild shape might flicker with harmless flames. You choose the detail. So this is replacing the um, turning into an element, and it's so much weaker and <clears throat> so much less cool. Like, I, it can look cool. Like, I do flavor really well. And it's like, you're a fire bear or an electric eagle or whatever. It's like, okay, neat, sure. But resistance to one damage type is very, it is good, but super limited. 
And then you just deal the damage type. You don't even do extra damage until 10th with it. Yeah. I mean, let's get something out of the way. Turning into an elemental was not balanced. It wasn't healthy for the game. It was it was awful. It was genuinely, genuinely something I dreaded, and I'm really glad nobody wanted to play a moon druid for, I don't know if ever, if we ever had a high-level moon druid at our table. Um, we might sure. have, but they didn't know how to play druid, so it wasn't a problem. But it wasn't good. <laughs> Getting 100 extra HP just for one of your abilities was... It, it was not good. It wasn't good. So this is better. I don't like the fact that, you know, you have this uh, resistance to the chosen damage type and then you deal that damage type because, as we've discussed in the past, ad nauseum, if you are fighting something that does fire damage and you want resistance to fire, generally doing fire damage back to it is not a good choice. Um, the nice thing is you can choose. But can you choose the damage type every time? No, but you can choose to not do that damage type. So you can right. be resistant to You're fire, right. do fire damage, or just not but, do but fire But I, I just want to see it just so just, that, just take off the shackles. Just let me have uh, a, a fur coat that's lined with fire and then thunder claws. Because I I control the elements. Why does it have to just be a single thing? Like it's already just, like, just let it run free. Because that to me sounds even cooler and you can get really kind of that that elemental feel to it where like you're harnessing it in the places where it matters and now it's useful every time instead of being useful in this case or useful in this case that would be cool just a, a lightning eagle with like acid claws oh yes give that yeah. to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then a bigger design thing with the circle to the moon here which is an issue up until 10th is so they're supposed to be the combat wild shapers the, the ones that are really really excel at doing this turning into a beast and taking on enemies they get zero things that help them with surviving better zero extra tankiness and zero extra damage except for the unarmed strike where it's strength plus your one plus your strength modifier so i mean i guess which turns into your wisdom so it could be like a six damage hit which is a little something i guess at higher levels but that's all I, I would like to see more of that. Yeah, the, and the survivability is still just a huge issue. They're still going to have the really weak AC because there's no boost to that. I would really want to see a boost to the Circle of the Moon AC right away at their level and some sort of base boost to their damage. Yeah, I think that we're going to see if this maintains as it does a lot of uh, dip, not even dipping, getting a feat, like a any, any feat to get you the shield spell. Because that will make you tankier and works well with the abjuration thing. So yeah. being able to cast a shield, which you can because it doesn't require material components, would be, I don't know. Just as this is set up, I see that that being the only way that it really benefits and does get tankier. And I hate when combinations like that feel optimal. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay, and then it's at the elemental strike counter. I already hinted at it. Your elemental forces imbue your attacks. When you deal damage with bestial strike, the target takes an extra 1d6 damage of the type you chose from the uh, elemental wild shape, and it goes up to 2d6 at 17th. So here at 10th level, which is like getting near end game for a lot of campaigns, is when you finally get a damage boost over the base druid, and it's just 1d6 of an elemental type that as we were talking about, you might be choosing to get the resistance for, and so it's kind of a waste anyways. It's too little, too late. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's theoretically 3d6, but you're right. It's The lack of survivability means that even, no matter how mediocre you are in combat, it's still stupid to go up there. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, that actually, no, so it's 2d6, not three oh, right. it's Every when you deal damage right. with your bestial strike you're right and you so, get into right. at this point so the unarmed strike doesn't count man can okay. i just 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 go back to that really quick that unarmed strike really does feel messy i don't like the phrasing of that i would almost rather they give an a, a, a different attack that isn't called unarmed strike that I, I don't know something about that just feels really gross to me where you're doing your bestial strike it's like okay and then i take an unarmed strike now you have to go look up the rules for what an unarmed strike is very confusing for new people I, I do not think that's a good direction. Mm -hmm. Especially then with this interaction where it's like, oh, no, 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 that doesn't interact because you're taking an unarmed strike for your quick attack. 
and now you don't get the extra 1d6. Just uh, I'm a I'm a lightning wolf. Aren't all my strikes unarmed? No, like a person armed. <laughs> slaps whatever you're attacking. Can I make that lightning? No, because because humans. That's a person. Yeah, a person arms obviously can't be lightning and be that would kill them. <laughs> okay, and then at fourteen thousand forms, you have learned to use lunar magic to alter your physical form in innumerable ways. You can cast. You always have alter self prepared, and you can cast about expending a spell slot. It also doesn't kind that of sucked nine years ago. It sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, altered self is not a good spell. Getting it for free is not interesting. And anything. Tell, what's that? Alter self is not in this UA, right? So they're based uh, no, based it does on not old... change. Yes, it is based on yeah, the old, okay. old alter yeah. self, unless that was changed in some other UA. But regardless, anything that you get out of alter self, you can also get by doing this little thing that druids get called wild shape. Yeah, this does. This is free. That's the only thing I would say. You A not... free second level spell. <laughs> oh boy! Can we get to fourteenth level now, DM? <laughs> <laughs> I I think that they just had to turn in their work and they're like we'll we'll fix the 14th level ability later. That is my 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 gut reaction. All right. What's kind of funny is I I don't hate it because of change appearance. So alter self is second level spell lasts an hour in its concentration. Um so there's like aquatic adaptation where you can get a swim speed and stuff like that or natural weapons where you get an armor strikes. And you're right, it would be probably pretty silly to be doing it unless you are out of wild shapes. And it's just second level. But then there is change appearance, which is like ultimate disguise self. You transform your appearance, decide what you look like, including your height, weight, facial features, sound of your voice, hair length, coloration, and distinguishing characteristics of any. You can make yourself appear as a member of another race, though none of your statistics change. You also can't, no, no, there's limitations, appear of a creature of a different size than you. And your basic shape is the same. Um, that has a ton of really good out of combat uses. Whenever I have a character of disguise self, it gets used all the time. And that has limitations of it. It's just an illusion over you. And it's really, you have to be like really careful about not getting caught with it. Sure. Where alter self, it literally does change you. Totally valid. Has nothing to do with a druid. It has nothing to do with a moon druid. I'll give you that. Right. So, feels, so if, if the insane. best use for it is something that has nothing to do with a moon druid, then it's not good uh so if if we want to have the argument that alter self isn't as bad as will and i are making it out to be i will listen to that argument but it's not bad but a third level wizard gets right it. yeah yeah <laughs> it's like the only interesting things is the druid doesn't get it just because some class doesn't get a thing doesn't make it interesting to make its uh like pseudo capstone now that's true and it is acting as a capstone yeah 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 not fun not fun yeah this is like a ribbon, to be honest. This is at 14th level, this qualifies as a ribbon to me. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think there's room for ribbons anymore. I mean, they they've they obviously have the first level one with druidic in the base class. Uh you could argue that the the aging in Arch Druid is a ribbon ability. Um, but I I I don't know. I just keep coming back to this. Like you're you're really relying now on the base class to make moon druid come into fruition because they just synergize almost too well compared to previous druid where moon druid was too strong because it was like i could be my own class and ignore anything that the base druid gets me um it's it's odd it's a little odd combo here Mm -hmm. yeah it's a really big focus on elemental aspects of wild shape which is weird flavor for a moon druid of like nothing in the flavor text actually says anything and it says nothing different that a base druid can't do yeah druids of the circle of the moon draw on the magic of the moon to transform themselves as and to guard the wilds their order guards that their order gathers under the full moon to share news and perform rituals they wander the deepest parts of wilderness where they might go for weeks on end before crossing paths with another person let alone another druid changeable as a moon a druid of the circle might prowl as a great cat one night soar over the treetops as an eagle the next day and crash through the undergrowth in a bear form to drive off a trespassing monster the wild is in the druid's blood 
that's based druid like yeah. they don't get especially the to change more often or more frequently it's yeah and especially with how they've changed the base druid to be more focused yes. on your wild shape you're you're spot on they made this subclass and it just feels like these could all be part of the base class from a flavor standpoint and you would lose nothing yep so how is this altering the druid in any way or even making it more of a druid instead it should be either this is the elemental class or this is the really really good at wild shaping class and it's it's now i don't know neither i guess i would actually kind of invert what you said and say that i think my biggest concern is the base class features need to be put here and souped up i think yeah that's fair that's fair and that's 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 actually a more structural issue because, like I said earlier, I think the actual wild shape itself can be pretty substantially fixed in the little stat blocks with a couple of little bonuses. But just the entire base class is replete with this: you have to be an animal thing, and that's not the direction they've been going for like six years. Yeah, that's true. Have we done the the druid uh, uh, retro? I don't think so. Yeah, okay, we'll put that on the list, I guess. Not that I want to talk about druids again in the next week, but... <laughs> Let's see, rangers, fighters, bards, monks, barbarians, and rogues. Okay, no druid yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got nothing else on this. I feel like we did a pretty good job of, given our thoughts as we went through it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'll just, just say once again that it, it feels like a first pass. I'm not saying this is all terrible. I think there's actually a lot of good in this, and I, I do appreciate that they are trying to take some risks even if it's not exactly what i think everybody wanted like again the pulling the creature to to be tiny at 11th like i feel like is is healthy um but uh, i don't know i'm i'm hoping for more i'm hoping for more Mm -hmm. Um, i like that uh jeremy crawford actually addressed this he's like i get it we're taking away your toys you're gonna be mad (laughs) but we're taking them away (laughs) I respect that, honestly. Yeah, a, he was. He, he understood this. This is not going to be the most popular, but some of these choices, I think, are good. I hope to hear the same thing for Booming Blade. I want him to have a, a full apology tour for Booming Blade. Where <laughs> 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 he just goes around and goes, I'm so sorry. I know we knew it was going to be too much. We we recognize that everybody loves Gishes, and it's going to ruin the entire balance of of every multi-class. But yeah, we're we're sorry. <laughs> Uh, but what we'll never be sorry about is giving you a great deal on dice at fan roll by using the code mm10 you can save 10 percent by going on over to fanroll.com filling in your cart with all their amazing crystal dice metal dice dice accessories dice towers which are dice accessories uh, and save 10 percent off by using the code mm10 and if you do that then i don't know tell us about it i guess Sure, post your dice that you get. They're really pretty, so I like looking at them. Uh, thank you, as always, to our patrons, Ed G, Cameron C, Brian H, Craig A, Isaac M, Luca L, Jeff W, Star Shinobi, Vincent M, Muddleweight, Bob F, Joe P, Rick D, Sensible D20, Tyler S, Gray, Barons, Adam A, and Rob K. You all are great, and if you want to find the Patreon, you can go on over to monstersmulticlass.com forward slash support, where you can find that, as well as our other affiliates. Uh, and if you join the Patreon, you can get early access to episodes, like most of the time, uh, as well as show notes and other things. Uh, and if you enjoyed the episode, like, comment, subscribe. Please give us your thoughts on the Druid, what you want to see out of future UAs or just one D&D in general. Um, and I don't know, yell about why you uh, you think you should be able to turn into a mouse at first level. Just yell Second about that level. specific thing. It's first level. You get channel nature at first. Oh, um, okay. They changed that. Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or the most important thing, like how they took away the scimitar out of your starting equipment, and now you get a sickle. Just huge, huge nerves to the druid. Yeah. Cannot be forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll see you all in a few weeks, and thanks for watching. <laughs>